look who's coming up. Thursday edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is Dean Millard and coming to you live uh, from the marsh just outside of Edmonton. It is great to have you aboard on this Thursday, October 13th, as uh, we are getting closer and closer to that special time of the year when all four sports in North America are playing at the same time. That's going to happen on Tuesday when the NBA tips off. Well, I guess it won't happen on Tuesday. It'll happen next Thursday um, when the NHL baseball, as long as baseball is not on an off day, but it is coming. It's a brief period during the sports calendar when the baseball playoffs, because they go late, are still going. So it's close. We are getting very, very close to that uh, special time of the year. As for today, we've got just a solid outstanding guest lineup for you. Andy McNamara, both of these guys are here to help you win your fantasy league. One in football, one in hockey. Andy McNamara, ask Andy. We'll come your way at 5 p.m. Eastern. And this is your chance to figure out some lineup moves that you need to make this weekend. This will be at 5 p.m. Eastern. Use the hashtag AskAndy, and uh, we will get to your questions when it comes to fantasy football. Interesting. I'm just watching NFL Live right now, and the headline is, Commander's owner Dan Schneider claims has dirt on owners. One owner told by Schneider that the commander's owner has dirt on Jerry Jones. Wow. I bet you there's lots of dirt on Jerry Jones, but people just aren't, they're scared to use it. Anyway, Michael Amato uh, from Dauber Hockey, Goalie Post and Sportsnet is going to help you get your weekend matchups ready when it comes to goalies and other things in fantasy hockey. He cares about your fantasy team. We will indeed have a Dauber Hockey double shot today. I did get it done, the Canucks and uh, the Golden Knights. We had a graphic malfunction yesterday, but we do have it today, so we will get to that. Plus, we'll have uh, top five quarterbacks, tight ends for week six, some injury news, and much, much more. As we roll along the show and we start things off every day with the question of the day. And uh, this question is, do you have a low ball tax in fantasy trades? So we talked about the jerk tax earlier and whether or not you have a, a, you know, for uh, you add on to what a trade values might be, what a trade value might be. 
in a deal because that person is a jerk. So we talked about the jerk tax earlier. I have a jerk tax. Do you have a lowball tax in fantasy trades? Now, I'm not talking about the first offer. I think the first offer is always going to be a lowball offer. Probably should be anyway. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you get into negotiations and you continuously get lowballed. Like, we put Bo Horvat on the block in our 32 uh, franchise league, UFHL, where every player means something. So, you know, Bo Horvat is pretty valuable. And we got a few good offers, like maybe three in, in as we kind of went back and forth. The rest were mostly lowballs. Even after the first offer, I don't, I don't get, I don't mind the first offer being a low. It's a starter. But after that, if you keep getting what I call mediocre for, for top talent, and depending on what your ask is, if you're, you know, if you're asking for your uh, Slavkowski for Bo Horvat, the first overall pick, it's probably not going to happen. But it's interesting to to see the the back and forth. So I do. I I you know I'm I am very good at writing things down and remembering things uh, when they happen to me. So I definitely have a lowball tax. And then you know I'll just unless I'm absolutely throttling in a trade that I need to make, I keep throwing that lowball tax in there until the person that I'm dealing with figures it out. You know and. Then you don't, you know, or or you just don't ever negotiate with them. Again, that's your lowball tax. It's like no. See, I, the thing is, I think not negotiating with somebody out of that hurts you. So, you you know, and listen, if your lowball tax is going to kill the deal, and you need to make the deal, you need to take the lowball tax out. You, you you can't afford to let your ego, your pride, all that stuff get in the way of a good deal. But if you can. Work that lowball tax in there. You need to try to do it. But not dealing with people, I think just you're eliminating the possibilities. It's like if you only drafted half of the league, well, you're only getting half of the good players. So I wouldn't not deal with somebody. I just, if somebody's a jerk and a lowballer, oh my goodness, they're getting the jerk tax and the lowball tax. It's almost like the fuel tax that we're paying here in Alberta. Almost. Almost like that. So that's the question of the day. Do you have a low ball tax when dealing in uh, fantasy and with fantasy trades? Top three today is top three NHL players you want to see live. Coming to an arena near you. Who do you want to see live? Um, first on my list is Igor Shosturkin. And I think it's February when the Rangers are here. February or March. So later in the season. Um, so I'll be looking to get to that game. Uh, the other guy is Jack Eichel. Another guy who was mostly in the Eastern Conference for his career. Just came over to Vegas last year. Late in the, in the season. And looked good early on. Last season and this year. And I really, I want to go see a Vegas Edmonton game to to see Jack Eichel, Connor McDavid head to head a few times. You know, I don't think Jack Eichel is as, nobody's as fast as Connor McDavid, but Jack Eichel is fast and he's got a ridiculous shot. And I think he scores over 50 this year. And Alex Ovechkin, I really want to see live this year. December 5th, I think the Capitals come to Edmonton. 
or you know maybe you do the tour maybe you do the uh you know when when Sidney Crosby came out west for the first time it was the Route 87 tour uh, that Sportsnet dubbed it maybe you do the Route 8 tour and you do Calgary Vancouver and Edmonton and you get three OV games like that would be a really smart um travel agency sports package the Route 8 tour the Great 8 tour Edmonton Calgary, Vancouver, whatever the the order is. Uh, I definitely want to see Ovechkin one more time. Late in his career, I got a chance to watch um, Nick Lidstrom and got really lucky. Usually I would be sitting in the press box and you get, obviously, the best view. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, You get the best view from the press box. Everybody... Uh, everything happens in, you know, it seems like loads of time. This game, though, I had a chance to watch Nick Lidstrom from the very first row. Now, I don't think I would want season tickets in the very first row of a hockey game, like for 41 games. But every once in a while, when you get to watch really special players, try to get as low as possible. Because then the game is as fast as possible without you actually being on the ice and watching Nick Lidstrom from the very first row was literally like watching a symphony uh, con- uh, a conductor conduct a symphony orchestra it was he just controlled the game so well now the Oilers weren't a great team let me say that but it was still simply awesome to see that guy um, you know and even late in his career he was so good so I implore you, if you do get to go see some of these stars, like a McDavid or an Eichel or a Crosby or an Ovechkin, try to get as low as possible. See how fast the game is at their level. And, and in Lidstrom's case, the game was so fast, but he never looked like he was trying too hard or breaking a sweat. I remember Craig Button uses the term about Chris Pronger that he could play in a rocking chair. I think that's the same thing with Nick Lidstrom. He was so calm, cool, and collected. So for me, it's Igor Shosturkin, Jack Eichel, and Alexander Ovechkin, the three players that I would like to see. Uh, By the way, we will be giving away a Dauber Hockey Fantasy Guide today when Mike Amato joins us on the program. You do have to be in the Twitch chat, so just head to twitch.com, or twitch.tv, sorry, twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports, and if you're watching this live, you're already there. George Batchel says, no lowball tax. If a guy offers me crap, then I disregard it. I usually don't initiate talks with those guys. And again, I go back to that. You're you're taking away half of the field or or whatever, however many it is. So anyway, uh, that was the uh, question of the day. That is our top three. And it's time now to get on to uh, some of the things uh, that are making big news. Again, this, this report on NFL Live that I'm watching right now i don't have the sound on but the headline is commander's owner dan snyder claims he has dirt on owners and roger goodell multiple nfl sources snyder has had private investigators look into other owners and goodell wow all because he was a terrible owner and this guy is mad like this is a child throwing a tantrum oh, you guys investigated me for having a horrible workspace and and being a terrible boss? 
oh, no, I'm going to get you back now and find out all the terrible things you did. Like, as if the, the Washington football team hasn't been a big enough embarrassment already. Now this? Totally embarrassing. Oh, please. Shame. 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 That's terrible. All right, let's get to the Major League Baseball playoffs. Playoffs, yes. Uh, The Mariners and the Astros. Uh, As we take a look at the overall playoff picture, um, the Yankees and uh, the Guardians and the uh, Mariners and Astros will play today. Astros, after that walk-off win, Lead the series 1-0, so do the Yankees, 1-0, both uh, one and two seeds. Uh, The other one, two seeds in the NL, one lost, 1-1 last night. Atlanta gets even with the Phillies with a 3-0 victory, and the Braves, or the uh, Padres, defeat the Dodgers in L.A., and they had a pretty decent game against Clayson Kershaw, which doesn't always happen. He didn't factor into the decision, but he wasn't dominant, uh, so... Pretty good uh, trade-off for the Padres. We'll tell you all about those games uh, in a little bit. Uh, but uh, the games going on right now. Uh, we have live Major League Baseball. And it is the Seattle Mariners and the Houston Astros. And this is a really good pitching matchup when it comes to the Houston Astros. Uh, so this game is uh, already underway. It's one nothing Houston. And uh, the very odd wind-up Framer Valdez is on the hill. And so you can pretty much set your watch by Framer Valdez that he is going to go at least six innings. Look what he did in the regular season. 25 straight quality starts from April 25th to September 18th. A quality start is at least six innings and three runs or less. That's incredible. That is the quality start king. That is the consistency king. He did just give up a double. But that's going to happen. I believe it was Crawford uh, that uh, hit that double. Kyle Tucker uh, hit a home run in the first inning, by the way to get Houston off to this one nothing lead. And Jordan Alvarez just missed a, uh, a big play, the man who uh, hit the walk-off in Game 1. It was the first walk-off home run in Game 1 with a team down to their final at-bat since Kirk Gibson. And the Mariners, uh, you know, now uh, they're, they're getting a little action from the top of their order, but, wow, 7 uh, for 31 in Houston in 2019. Since 2019, counting that loss the other day. So this game on right now, one nothing Houston. Um, yep. Oh, and that's a great play by Jose Altuve. Going in the hole to make the play. That was beautiful. Great defense. So that's what's going on right now. Mariners and Astros, uh, that game underway right now. Later tonight. You have the Guardians and the Yankees. And the Yankees leading this series one game to none. Wow, that was a really close play to get Rodriguez of the Mariners at first. But Altuve is one of the best. That's why he's a gold glove superstar. 
Uh, so the Yankees and uh, the Guardians uh, tonight at uh, 7.37 Eastern time. Shane Bieber was terrific in the wild card. He's going to have to be even better against Nestor Cortez. Bullpen's very good. And the Yankees' top of the order was garbage. One for 12, despite getting the win. Uh, so that one goes at uh, 7.37 uh, Eastern time tonight. As for last night, um, the Dodgers, or the, the Braves rather, they win this game last night thanks to three singles in the sixth inning. Yes, this is the Atlanta Braves I am talking about. Um, normally, this is an Atlanta team that plays the long ball game. They are very good at hitting home runs, the Atlanta Braves. But yesterday, they were not hitting home runs. Yesterday, they kind of played a little small ball. Or today, right? yesterday, yeah. Three singles in the sixth inning that all scored runs. All one runs. And then Kenley Jansen came in and closed things out in the ninth. Atlanta evens the series at one apiece. Um, and that was it. It was a pretty tidy game other than that by both the Phillies and the Braves. In the nightcap, the Padres and the Dodgers had a solo homer fest. Four solo home runs. Uh, Jake Cronenworth with the big one. That was the uh, the big blast that sent the Padres to the victory. Kershaw and Darvish only go five each, but Darvish uh, does outlast the Padres five to three to even the series at one. Uh the big reason the L.A. Dodgers lost last night, 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position and 10 men left on base. So clearly you're not winning any games uh, when you go 0 for 8 uh, with runners in scoring position and you leave that many uh, men on base. Um, Clayton Kershaw had been dominant against uh, the Padres in his career. 310 strikeouts in just 45 appearances going into last night. But as mentioned, he didn't factor in uh, to the victory. Bruce Dar Gratterall who, Gratterall, who came in and made a great defensive play, took the loss. Kershaw, not terrible. Five innings, three earned runs, six strikeouts, the one home run uh, to Manny Machado, who seems to always somehow get a clutch hit off Clayton Kershaw. So he wasn't terrible. You Darvish, seven strikeouts in, in five innings. Uh, but it was just a different kind of game. And the Dodgers... Couldn't ever get back after the eighth inning home run by uh, Cronenworth. And and that was it. Josh Hader came in and did Josh Hader things, and the Padres evened this up. Now, I think if the Dodgers won last night, this series would be done. But I'm, I'm not writing the Padres off in this series. On Friday, Tony Gonsolin will go up against Blake Snell, who got better as the season went on. Braves have not yet named their starter, as I can see, and Aaron Nola will go, the right-hander will go for the Phillies. It's interesting. The Dodgers are going finally with two left-handers they went, and the Padres hit lefties well this year. So we'll see what Gonsolin, the cat, who was 16-1 with a 214 ERA, can do against the Padres as a uh, right-hander. All right, let's get to uh, some Thursday night football action tonight. It's the Commanders and the Bears. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to tell you this is the game that you are forced to watch tonight. 
but it is, unfortunately. Do you think this game will be better than the debacle we had last week? That's the main thing. If it is, you're fine. The good thing is you have choices tonight. You don't have to watch bad football if it is. You can watch NHL hockey. You can watch Major League Baseball. And there's some really cool shows streaming as well. But when it comes to start and sits, we'll get Andy McNamara's views on this, but not a lot of starts in this game. Neither quarterback gets a start for me. Um, I would start David Montgomery, and I would use Brian Robinson in a flex. I think he's going to bust out at some point. He's the one good story in Washington. Like, if there's one good story, it's 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 uh, Brian Robinson Jr. Sit Gibson. Curtis Samuel could be a flex option. And uh, I, I guess you could use Terry McLaurin as a flex option as well. Uh, but I'd sit uh, the tight end, John Bates. Justin Fields, sit. Montgomery, the running back, uh, you could start. Uh, Khalil Herbert, sit. Mooney, sit. Equiminius St. Brown, best name in the game, but he's going to sit. And Cole Kmet, sit as well so there, there's the starts and sits that i would be advocating for tonight's game as mentioned not going to be that fun of a game but there are some fun prop bets if you really want to torture yourself and watch this game there are some prop bets that you can look into so carson wentz Do you like 218 and a half yards of passing for the Commanders? Like, it doesn't seem like a lot of yards to to put up. 218. But I don't know. Can you trust anything in Washington right now? Justin Fields, 169 passing yards. I, I think that's a, that's a possibility. Like, I mean, it's only 170 passing yards, right? A quarterback should be able to get 179 yards in or 170 yards in passing. But this guy has only done it twice this year. That's why it's set at that. And now, it has happened in the last two games, so maybe there is a trend upwards. I would take that. I think he covers. Cole Komet, 29 and a half receiving yards uh, under for me. Justin Fields, 42 and a half rushing yards. Now, this is an interesting thing because in his last three games, he has had more than 42 and a half rushing yards. Against the Giants, he averaged 7.4 yards per carry on seven rushes. So he's carried the ball 11 times, three times he's carried it eight and seven times. So I take the over on that. Justin Fields, 42 and a half rushing yards. And Brian Robinson Jr., like I said, best story out of Washington. The only good story out of Washington. 47 and a half yards. Now, I would love 
to tell you to take the over because it's such a good story? But I'm a little bit scared. He's only played one game. He had 22 yards on nine carries. Are they going to give him the ball as much? He's reportedly going to start tonight. He only had 16 snaps in his first, but that was just to make sure this guy. I'm taking the, I'm saying go over. It's a great story. Brian Robinson Jr. comes back from getting shot. Take the over 47 and a half rushing yards. So I would take the over on that one. Carson Wentz, I think you're going under. Justin Fields over on the passing. Cole Komet under. Fields over on the rushing. And I'm feeling good about Brian Robinson Jr., the over. What do you think? What do you think of those picks? Would Would you make any of these prop bets for tonight? Well, if you are, I got a way to do it. Head to BetUS and get 125% bonus to bet on sports when you use my link in my bio at DuckMillard on Twitter. So head to Twitter, go to at DuckMillard, click the link in my bio, make your deposit, and you get 125% bonus. You look at some of these prop bets. Pretty amazing stuff out there to get a 125% bonus when you use the link in my bio, at Duck Millard. All right, uh, let's take a look at some of the top five quarterback plays for this week in the National Football League. And, you know, you've got, like, this is really, in my opinion, when the NFL season starts to get really interesting. Why? Because you have... Bye weeks. Lions, Titans, Raiders, and Texans. Oh my, on a bye. This is when fantasy football, in my opinion, gets the hardest. When you have to start relying on depth. When is your quarterback week bye? Do you have a suitable replacement? What about your receivers, your running backs? And what a a marquee matchup we're going to get this weekend. The Bills and the Chiefs. The number one quarterback going up against the number four quarterback when it comes to the projections. And I got to think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are going to be one-two coming out of this week. I think both of those guys are going to feed off each other. I think both of them are going to put out more points than those projections in half PPR leagues. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know who you pick. Like Josh Allen is projected to put up more points, but I think it's a coin flip between Mahomes and Allen this week. Who's going to come out as the, the number one quarterback from the past week? Uh, Lamar Jackson and takes on Baltimore. Or, sorry, Lamar Jackson takes on uh, the 4-1 and one New York Giants. Still... Seems a little bit strange 
to say that, doesn't it? The 4-1 New York Giants. It's a good matchup uh, for Lamar Jackson and uh, the Giants. The Giants have given up some rushing yards. 102 yards in the first couple of weeks of the season. Gone better as of late. And Lamar Jackson is coming off a game where he only put up 174 yards. So you know that this guy is going to want to really double down and uh, come up strong against the uh, Giants. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I think this is an opportunity for Jalen Hurts uh, to put up 240, 250 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and run one in. I don't see why Jalen Hurts can't get it done. Four passing touchdowns this year, six rushing touchdowns for the Eagles quarterback, who's only 24 yards. I think Jalen Hurts outpoints Lamar Jackson this week. And then you have Patrick Mahomes. We talked about him uh, in the the Buffalo Bills matchup. Now, there are some that are saying that this is a uh, bad matchup for Patrick Mahomes. The Bills do not give up a whole lot of uh, offense to quarterbacks. You know, Kenny Pickett put up 327 yards but didn't throw a touchdown. In fact, the Bills have only given up three passing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks this year. The league averaged 17.4 fantasy points, and the Bills are giving up 10.6. I still think Patrick Mahomes rises to the occasion in this contest. I really do. But the guy that you, if you're playing daily fantasy... The guy that you might really want to go get is Kyler Murray because uh, Seattle has given up five touchdowns in the last two games. Jared Goff threw four of them. They've also given up two rushing touchdowns, one to Jimmy Garoppolo this year. But they're giving up an average of two touchdowns a game pretty much. Nine, almost 20 points, and Kyler Murray projected... Uh, to put up over 20 points, I think that could be even higher. I think, you know, when when the quarterback rankings come out of week six, I think it's going to be Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Out of these five, somebody else might sneak in there. I can't, I'm not going to sit there and say nobody else is going to sneak into that uh, top six or top five. But that is what I think these quarterbacks are going to do in, in that order. Tom Brady comes in at number six. 
Justin Herbert, the seventh-ranked quarterback this week. Joe Burrow taking on New Orleans at number eight. It's a good matchup. Geno Smith, a top-ten quarterback for Seattle. And Kirk Cousins of Minnesota taking on Miami. Rounds out the top ten. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford out of uh, the top ten as well. And Jimmy G working his way up the list. He's not there yet. He's not the greatest quarterback. But if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, you have to love it because you are getting production from your quarterback. Okay, so that is a look at the top five quarterbacks. Now, let's take a look at the top five tight ends. Now, now take a quick look at that screen and memorize some of the teams that have the top five quarterback projections for this week because some of those same teams are being projected for the tight end. So is that the key to quarterback success, having a top tight end? Well, certainly for Patrick Mahomes and, and Tra- Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, the number four quarterback. Kelsey projected to be the number one tight end against Buffalo. The guy that's not on this list is the number one guy for quarterbacks, Josh Allen. He doesn't have a tight end on this list. Dawson Knox hasn't done a whole lot. They don't really have a tight end game. Now, they have probably the best one-two punch of receivers in the game in Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. But Kelsey, followed by Mark Andrews, and then a sharp drop-off. Dallas Goddard, less than 10 points. Same with Zach Gertz in Arizona and Tyler Higby. But it is interesting that only Higby's quarterback is not on that list. And only Josh Allen's tight end is not on this list. So it looks like the the key to quarterback success in the NFL, and in fantasy in particular, is having a strong tight end. And then as far as injuries, uh, we bought you an injury report earlier this week. Here's a a bit more of an updated injury report based on today and uh, yesterday's practices. Oh, and the uh, the Mariners got something going now. First, uh, second, and third. As that ball, uh, uh, Mitch Hanniger ripped it down the line, and then it bounced around for a bit. Uh, but T. Higgins in uh, Cincinnati has an ankle uh, injury, and he did not practice on uh, Thursday. Um, he was, though, working off to the side, according to ESPN's uh, Ben Baby. Didn't practice yesterday after he aggravated his injury early in uh, last week's game against the Ravens. They said he was day-to-day on Monday. Um, So if Higgins can make it through today, well, not today, tomorrow, he has a chance to be wide receiver 2-3 against the Saints. But if not, Tyler Boyd gets bumped up, if that's the case. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, He has a thumb injury, didn't practice Wednesday, but he's saying it's not going to be a big deal. He's he's saying, relax, everybody, relax. I'm going to be okay. Keenan Allen uh, for the Chargers has a hamstring, could play on Monday night. Um, This is the, the one update we got. He did go through individual drills on Wednesday. They played the Broncos on Monday night. 
He has missed four games because of this hamstring that he suffered in week one. They could desperately need him. Fantasy owners um, falling out of the race need him to get back in it. So if he's in, he's a wide receiver 2-3. It, Denver's a good matchup against them, but if he's not ready to play, Josh Palmer moves up as a flex option uh, behind Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, uh, Gerald Everett. Michael Thomas. What is going on with Mr. Thomas and the Saints? Well, he has a toe injury. Didn't practice on Wednesday. Adam Schefter said he's likely to play against the Bengals, but the practice signal is not good. If he practices today, and I haven't heard anything, he probably will suit up for the first time since week three. Uh, The Saints desperately need him back because... Look at the guy below him, Chris Olave. He is out with a concussion. Well, he didn't. He didn't practice uh, yesterday. Um, and I'm not optimistic that Chris Olave is going to be able to get back in time. He was with hanging out with Jarvis Landry and Thomas on the injury report. If he can't go Sunday, and Michael Thomas isn't going. Hey, you're getting looking at Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith. Uh, wow. Maybe just stay away from the Saints if those two guys are definitely not active because uh, that is some big, big troubles. Uh, once again, here's a look at the top running backs going into this week. Saquon Barkley is slowly taking over the number one spot from Nick Chubb, who is uh, bounced to number two. Austin Eckler of the Chargers starting to get things going. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, playing 85% of the snaps, and so the injury concerns should be gone gone there. It's just a matter of, is he going to get traded? And Leonard Fournette comes in uh, with a point total of just under 14.6. Here are your top receivers for this week. Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Mike Evans. More of the usual suspects when it comes to that sort of thing. All right, we have gone really deep in this uh, first hour. When we come back, we're going to get into our uh, Dauber Hockey double shot. It's a preview today. It's a double shot, rather, between Vancouver and Vegas. We're going to get to that when we come back. I'm going to duck out, grab a, a quick drink of water, and we'll be back in a short minor break here on ultimate fantasy sports daily in the meantime check out the ultimate crypto driving championship get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the global sim racing champion create your crypto livery enter with the best designs enter to win prizes outrace your competition Winning is all that matters. Watch the other racers in your rear view mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last if you're not rubbing you're not racing get behind the wheel and drive for your project (laughs) 
44 Eastern Time. My name is Dean Millard. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Uh, love chatting with everybody in the Twitch message board. It's just going off. It's so crazy. There's there's so much going on in the Twitch message board. You will want to be in the uh, message chat when Michael Amato joins us in the next hour because we're going to be giving away a Dauber Hockey Fantasy Guide. And it is amazing, let me tell you. And it's updated. 
so it's uh, impressive stuff. By the way, the Mariners uh, scored two, and they are now up two to one. Uh, I believe that was in the fifth inning. I'll just uh, give a quick check. Yeah, the Mariners, uh, mid-fourth. Uh, they lead the Astros 2-1. to one. Uh, Pena, who's the guy who kept the drive alive the other night for Jordan Alvarez to hit the home run. Alvarez and Bregman all coming up. For the Strohs in um, the bottom of the fourth. All right, uh, let's get back to a little hockey talk as uh, we will have Michael Amato coming up a little bit later in the program to chat with us. Ask Andy, get your hashtag out there on social media. Next segment, Andy McNamara will be here to help you out with your fantasy football questions. But right now, it is time uh, for a Dauber hockey preview. Actually, before we get to that, Let's take a quick look at the Top Shelf Fantasy Night performers. little combo, a little hockey-baseball combo here. Connor McDavid, three goals and assist. The game winner, three points on the power play, five shots on goal and five hits. Pretty incredible numbers uh, for the Oiler captain and the, the best player in the game. No doubt about it. New dude booty. Uh, Kyle Gibson, or John Gibson, rather, of the Ducks. How about that? 44 saves in a victory. Uh, did give up four goals against, but he also balanced that with an assist. Pretty impressive from the Ducks goaltender. Uh, John Klingberg, by the way, two assists in that game. Off the board, Norris candidate. In uh, the game of baseball, Kyle Wright had a deal in for the Braves. Gets uh, the quality start because he went six innings, no runs, just two hits. Six strikeouts in a victory over the Phillies. And that sixth inning is when the Braves hit all their singles. So he did just enough to get the lead and then let the bullpen take over. And Freddie Freeman, former Brave for the Dodgers and a losing cause, goes two for four with an RBI, a home run, scored a run, did draw a walk, and an OPS of uh, 2,100. It's the American League today. As mentioned, the uh, Mariners are uh, leading Seattle, or Seattle's leading the Mariners 2-1 in the mid-fourth, bottom of the fourth inning. And tonight, Guardians, Yankees, 7-30, Shane Bieber, Nestor Cortez on the hill for that one. All right, let's get to our Dauber Hockey team preview now. And we're taking a look at the Vancouver Canucks and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, on today's edition. And uh, we will start with the Canucks as we do uh, with alphabetical order. And we saw the Canucks last night. Now, it was uh, not the lineup they're wanting to put out there with no Tyler Myers and, and a few others. Uh, but the, the three guys you're looking at with the Canucks. Oh, there we go. Alvarez. With a uh, big... Oh, no, that was Jeremy Pena. This Jeremy Pena for the Houston Astros. Keep getting it done. The rookie shortstop just drilled one for a double. So the top three guys with the Canucks, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. JT Miller, you know, could close in on 100 points. Elias Peterson, still so much potential um, as he continues to look more and more like one of the Sedins. And Quinn Hughes, terrific Hughes brother, such a great skating defenseman. 
I mean, when I watch the Hughes boys play, they're kind of like rovers, the defensemen. They're so fun to watch. My breakout player, I'm going with uh, Vasily Podkolzin, who looked pretty good last night, actually, uh, in the Oilers-Canucks game. And my sleeper is Thatcher Demko. And you might think, wow, he played like 600 games last year, only because I don't see a lot of people picking the Canucks to make the playoffs. So I think that Thatcher Demko, if he gets them to the playoffs, playoffs, then it's it's going to probably get nominated for the Vesna. But I think this guy's going to face a lot of shots, and he won't, won't get as many wins, I'm not sure. But still, I think it's a sleeper. Maybe you don't think of a... You know, well, I don't think a lot of people think of uh, non-playoff goalies as top or top goalies, but in this case, I think Demko is going to warrant a lot of uh, shots on net. I think he's going to get a lot of uh, points by way of saves. Uh, I think Thatcher Demko also has the ability to go on really streaky runs. Like, I think in at BU when he played, he had like, I, I, he had a crazy shutout record when he was there. So there's also the possibility that this guy could just get nuclear hot at some point. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, kind of on the backside of his career now. Bo Horvat is an interesting guy. No contract yet. The Canucks are, are like the Oilers. They're trying to go three down the middle. I think you're going to see Horvat and Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the top six at some point. I don't mind Horvat with Pod Colson and uh, Andre Kuzmenko if that works. That's a good third line if that works, but. I think you're you're going to end up seeing Bo Horvat. You know, Bo Horvat could still get 30 goals on the third line. He's not going to get the, the as many points. He still will get power play time. But when Miller goes and Pedersen goes and Hughes goes, don't worry. Be happy with with Bo Horvat. Curtis Lazar is another interesting guy as a fourth liner that will be able to move up if there's injuries. Or if Horvat gets pushed into the top six, then Lazar becomes your third-line center in Vancouver. And like I said, I really like the uh, the goaltending of, of uh, Thatcher Demko. Uh, so that's a look at the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, I would classify the team better than Anaheim, but sort of on the same wavelength as a team that, you know, even though I think they can make a push for the playoffs, when I look at that defense core, I just... And especially with, you know, last night with the Myers, I just don't see it. They couldn't hold the Oilers back last night. They had a 3 nothing lead. So the more I look at it, I don't think this is a playoff team. More in the case of some really good fantasy options in the top nine. And a couple of blue liners. And, and certainly the goaltender uh, as well. So what do you think of the Canucks uh, as fantasy options? How deep would you go in drafting a, a Canuck? It was great to see Brock Besser playing last night because he had hand surgery. People didn't think he was going to make it to the start of the season. But he was there. And the Canucks put up a uh, pretty valiant effort. Again, they couldn't hold back uh, the best players in the game. McDavid, Dreisaitl. How about the Vegas Golden Knights? They won their opener uh, the other night against the LA Kings. Um, and, you know, they did it in 
what might become the new Golden Knights calling card. Defense winning games. The Golden Knights gave up only seven shots in the third period the other night. So it was a a fairly relaxing third period for Logan Thompson, who picked up his first victory. Jack Eichel, I think, is going to have a monster season. I got him pegged for 50-plus goals. I think Mark Stone's going to set up a lot of those. And I think the projections for Mark Stone are low. And Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore is just one of those guys that continues to produce offense. He has taken over from, you know, Alex Petrangelo, when he got there, was the offensive guy. That's what they thought. Now it's Shea Theodore. But Nick Hegg is going to get options. Petrangelo, Zach Whitecloud. This is a good team when you go by their top six and their top four. Goaltending is going to be a question mark for sure. But that's why Bruce Cassidy is there. To limit the shots. So Theodore, Stone, Eichel. Uh, Nick Haig is my breakout player. He's going to get second power play time. And my sleeper is Phil Kessel. And Phil Kessel can bounce anywhere from your top line to your second line to your third line. And where Phil Kessel is going to, you know, slot in could change on a night-to-night basis. Literally. Uh, depends who's going, like a lot of, lot of teams. But he's on the first line right now. And this could change, but right now, looks like they're going with Jack Eichel, Phil Kessel, Riley Smith on the first line. Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson, Brett Howden on the second line. Everybody looks at Kessel and says, oh, he's a goal scorer, he's a goal scorer. He turned into a really good setup man in Pittsburgh. So I I like that move, a million and a half dollars. What a deal. Smart move by Kelly McCrimmon. And this, this Vegas Golden Knights team, good top six. Not crazy about the third line, not crazy about the third pairing, but top six, top four. Goaltending, you probably want to use them uh, as streamers when the matchups are good. Uh, unless, like I said, Bruce Cassidy, old Butch gets them playing sweet, sweet defensive hockey, which he did the other night. They only gave up seven shots in the third period. So you might want to look at the goaltending options at some point when uh, you are checking out um, the Vegas Golden Knights. I think mostly you're looking at the top six and the top four, and I think they're a playoff team. I think the the three playoff teams, um, I I had the Canucks in. I I don't see the Canucks as a playoff team now. I think you're looking at Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, and then five teams from the Central. That's my uh, look at it. Uh, the As I said earlier, we're getting closer and closer to that cool part of the year. So next Thursday, when the Thursday night are on, we'll have probably all four sports. But Russell Westbrook, um, 
didn't join the Lakers in the huddle last night in the preseason. I, I'm not the biggest basketball guy. I will ask the basketball fans that are out there uh, right now. You can chime on this. Is Russell Westbrook a good fit for the Lakers? I like Russell Westbrook. Um, but is he a good fit? Or, you know, I don't know. Maybe Russell Westbrook isn't a good fit anywhere. He's very much an individual player. I liked him when he was with the Rockets and James Harden. It was, it was fun to watch. But there just always seems to be drama. Now, there always seems to be drama in the NBA all the time. Even Ben Simmons saying the social media criticism gets to him. Well, then don't be on social media. It's not that hard to figure out. If, if you don't like social media, don't be on it. He doesn't have to be on social media. It's not part of his job. You know, when you're in things like promotion or you're a social media coordinator or things like that, yeah, you, you need social media to promote what you're doing. Ben Simmons does not. I, I have said this hundreds of times. If I was a professional athlete, there is zero chance I would be on social media. Zero point zero. Not a chance. And if I was, it would be a super lockdown private account with only people that I know. It'd be basically be like a text chat. But I wouldn't even go on social media if I was a professional athlete. Why? Why do you need to be on there? What is the, what good is going to come out of it? You know what? It's human nature. Somebody can say nine great things about you. One person says a bad thing, and that's what you focus on. Most people, anyway. If you don't, you're lucky. Congratulations. Most people are like that. So if you're a professional athlete, the worst place to be is social media. The absolute worst place to be. So the first thing I would do when advising any athlete of anything, before money, before anything, don't go on social media. Delete all of your social media apps or limit it to such a small group of friends friends and family and whoever that that's all you are going to see. Because I don't think a lot of good is going to come out of it. Maybe, you know, there might be some good, but like I'm looking at 90% bad. You're, you're, you're going to get 90% garbage from people who have nothing better to do than try to tear somebody down because there's something terrible going on in their life. And they're keyboard warriors. They do it behind a keyboard, so they're anonymous. So why would any athlete, A, be on social media or engage with anybody on social media? Like, even in, even media members, like, I've stopped doing it. What's the point? All you get are mouth breathers that want to tear you down. Now, I will engage in respectable debate. That I have no problem with. But the mute button, like, I, if I was in a Western, I would have the fastest mute button in it. Like, quick and the dead, that was about me with the mute button. That's how fast I mute people. I don't block them because then it gives them the satisfaction unless I never want to see them again. Like if I don't ever want to see their garbage, then it's blocked. But the mute button comes out pretty fast. All right, 2-1, Mariners leading, top of the fifth. This is very interesting because Framber Valdez is still in the game. This is the guy who had 25 consecutive quality starts from April till September. 
he is in jeopardy of not picking up the quality start, which was pretty much, well, he's he could go one more inning as long as he doesn't give up a run. Well, he just bounced one off the uh, home plate there. But it is quite interesting, Framber Valdez, you usually expect minimum six innings uh, from this guy. 1-1, or 2-1 Seattle leading uh, the Astros. That one is in the top of the fifth. And uh, J.P. Crawford, the number nine hitter, up at the plate. All right, when we come back, we're going to dive into it. Ask Andy. Make sure you use that hashtag on social media. It's like the bat signal beacon going up in the sky in southern Ontario. Andy will see it. He will find it like Liam Neeson and Taken and answer your question. That is coming up. I'll get his shot set up. We'll be back in about 30 seconds or so. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We're back right after this. Answers uh, lined up to help you out. Ask Andy here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, make sure you're using that hashtag uh, on Twitter, on social media. Andy will be looking for it, and we will get to some of your questions here as we go into uh, the Thursday nighter. And God help us if it's uh, as bad as last week's. I mean, I don't think it could possibly get any worse than last week's game as we bring in Andy McNamara, host of Ultimate Fantasy Football on uh, Sundays right here on our Ultimate Fantasy Sports uh, Twitch channel. And the Commanders and the Bears tonight, all while this bizarre story about Dan Schneider having dirt on Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell. Like, the one thing I'll say is the NFL is never boring um, and here's a, just a bizarre story. Like this, you know what this reminds me of is Dan Schneider got called out in class and he got in trouble. Yeah. And so now he's trying to get the other kids and the teacher in trouble. Like this is just like classroom playground stuff. Billionaires uh, with their toys, not getting along. And there was a, a funny quote I heard today. It was that Dan Schneider said, well, NFL owners all hate each other. And then an anonymous owner said, no, NFL owners just hate Dan Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems likely. He seems like a pretty crappy dude. Just, you know, he just, just seems like pretty unlikable. You've had a whole bunch of stuff go on. And he's clutching to that. He's like, you're not taking this franchise away from me, damn it. <sighs> and yeah, he's got files and all that. Like, let's be honest. Uh, Jerry Jones, uh, we already know some of the the stuff or the accusations yeah. that he's been up to. Jerry's kind of borderline real life supervillain as well. So I'm sure that wouldn't be too hard to, uh, to find some dirt on uh, old uncle Jerry. Yeah. Like I just think people don't use dirt on Jerry Jones because it's Jerry Jones and he's so powerful in the NFL. Like makes you money. Dan, 
Yeah, Dan Schneider is basically doing every... He's going down fighting as much as possible. Obviously, he hasn't paid attention to what's happened in the NBA where franchises were taken away. I mean, th- there's one good thing... like I, One good story about the Commanders, and that's Brian Robinson Jr. coming back. Everything else has been garbage tire fire about this organization. All the way back to RG3, to the name, to even before that. It's just terrible. Yeah, it, it's it's really bad. And the thing is, Jerry Jones makes the NFL a lot of money. You yeah. look at merchandise sales, which is a revenue share for across the league. Look at every every single year, that Cowboy star sells a lot. So the other NFL owners, I don't know if they like Jerry Jones or not, but I know they like the paycheck that comes in because of his brand. Um, I don't see too many people walking around with commander's shirts <laughs> or whatever outside of Washington, maybe even in Washington. I. You know, so it's like Dan Snyder, just just relax, okay? Just try not to ruin it for everybody else, I think is probably the message that the owners are saying. And this is probably just a scare tactic to say, hey, leave me alone. Yeah. Change the name. Leave me alone now. You know, they even that first week, they had Washington State on the background of those mugs they were giving out instead of where they are in Washington. Like, they can't get anything right. No, so. Uh, it is terrible. Okay, here's my start sits for tonight. There's not a lot of starts like last week. Um, I did throw a couple of flex options in there, but uh, what do you think? Would you uh, start some of these guys that I'm sitting and sit some that I'm starting? It, it, you know what? This is, a, uh, I think, Dean, a perfect reflection of Thursday night football. There is yeah. a lot of sits here. There's yeah. a lot of sits. <laughs> There's a lot of ple- it, Here's the thing. To eclipse the gong show that was last week's horrendously boring and just just terrible game, you need one touchdown. One! One! There zero touchdowns last week. One for, like, since the forward pass became a thing, Dean, okay? There's usually been touchdowns in, in non-weather games. This wasn't an extreme weather game or anything. Good point. Uh, if I'm looking at this, you know what? I'd actually play Carson Wentz because <laughs> three times... He has gotten you over 22 fantasy points. Last week, 29 fantasy points. Now, okay. you could, now he could very easily have a dud today. <laughs> very, very easily. Because the games he wasn't getting you over 22 fantasy points, he was getting you eight fantasy points. Right. So, you know, I want to also see the response from Carson Wentz when essentially his head coach, Ron Rivera, said that he's got a crappy quarterback. Damn. <laughs> right? You see that? It's like, it's like uh, what's the problem? The quarterback. And he's like, oh, I didn't mean that. It's like, well, I don't Why'd really you know how else to interpret. Yeah. <laughs> I don't to interpret, you know? So I would actually play Carson Wentz tonight, especially if you're doing like a DraftKings showdown head-to-head thing. Sure. And you have to pick these guys. Carson Wentz would be the guy. Um, Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson frightened me today and this week because of this. Brian Robinson. First, great story, like you said. But he was on a snap count last week. Mm-hmm. Or we're talking about a second game back on a short week. Is that snap count still going to be there for Brian Robinson? How, if it's increased, by how much? Now, Logan Thomas is out with an injury. So does that share get divvied up between the other two tight ends? And not like Logan Thomas was getting 12 uh, targets a game. right? You have Bates there, uh, and Turner's the other guy. So we have to start to think, okay, Robinson or Gibson – if I had to pick one to flex, I'd probably pick Gibson just because I kind of know he's going to be there. Um, long-term season-wise, I think Brian Robinson, they're going to give the ball to more and more. Dean, I just don't know today on a short week, 
game two, after that layoff, when you already were on a snap count, if he's going to be the guy. It's a really good point um, because, you know, and in football, like Brian Robinson's going to start tonight. doesn't mean a whole lot. It's not like baseball where you're, you know, you're yeah, starting yeah. and then you come out, you Starting can't go back in. Uh, exactly. So uh, it is a good story, but you might bring up a good point. It might be a better story as as the season goes on, and he should be a guy that, you know, probably, probably uh, should be in your lineup. I am only starting one bear tonight, and, and that would be David Montgomery. Although Justin Fields, I think, can, can give you some points on the ground, I still think the only start is Montgomery. You know what's a real, Dean, this is a real line at DraftKings Sportsbook. This is a real line. Over, under... 0.5 passing touchdowns for Justin Fields tonight. 0.5. You he gets one passing touchdown, you win. Yeah. <laughs> like that that does not give me confidence that we're going to see a barn burner this evening, right? No. And air it out. That as soon as I saw that this morning, I thought, oh man, are we going to be in for something like we saw last week? I'm with you. I don't want Justin Fields on the field there. Montgomery's the guy to play. Cole Komet can't catch not his ball he's not getting the target there's nothing there's nothing there Khalil Herbert as a desperation flex I could see it I wouldn't want to but I could see it because he has had a consistent usage in some degree but I'm with you if you don't have to start don't Darnell Mooney's done nothing St. Brown's done nothing great name though it's David Montgomery that's it like I don't want any of the receivers no not at all not 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 at all Equiminius St. Brown has the best name, uh, certainly of anybody in the NFL, but very that flow, yeah. doesn't 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 get you on the field. Uh, so it's interesting you talk about the Justin Fields prop bet. Uh, the one I saw, 169 and a half passing yards. I mean, a quarterback should be able to throw for 170 yards, except there's been three games, I think, where he hasn't. So that's why that line. The the one I would take to cover is 42 and a half rushing yards. I think he, he Justin Fields, gets more than that, and he has in his last three games. But that yeah. one touchdown and 170 yards, that's not a big bar to pass, and he might not pass it. No, it, like I'm with you on the rushing for sure. I think he, he can eclipse that. It's going to be a running game. And no, like the the thing is, the commander's strategy is going to try to make Justin Fields throw the football. Right. That's the strategy because he, he's not doing it well. So I think, yeah, that's going to be under. And the Bears are going to, if they're smart, are going to try to do everything possible to not have him throw the football very much. And so, yeah, I think you go under there, over on the passing, over on the rushing yards. Where are you at dealing with that 0.5 passing touchdowns? Like, that's just so, that seems so ridiculous. You're like, of course there should be a passing touchdown. But there's been three <sighs> games where he has not thrown a passing touchdown. I would take the under. Like, I would take Boy. the under on that one because that's how little confidence yeah. I have in that offense. It's been terrible. Yeah. I, 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 listen, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Like, it, it's not good. I think, yeah, uh, uh, Wentz could have a good one tonight. Yeah. These Thursday night games are always weird on short weeks. They're always weird. We, yeah. we see, like last week, you played that game last week on a Sunday in a normal week. I would hope, maybe it's the optimist in me, but I would hope we would see a much better ball game nine times out of ten. So you yeah. have these weird things on short weeks. Carson Wentz, no injury designation going in, but he was dealing with a shoulder issue for most of the week. Mm-hmm. Something else to keep in mind. Yeah, um... I think I have. I'll, I'll get to. Whoops! I'll get to the injuries in a second. But let's get to some Ask Angie questions. Uh, Paul, 
This is a this is a bit of a he's got a lot of choices here. He says any of these guys a better option uh than Jarvis Landry. Uh he's got Zach Jones, uh the other Jones, Martin, I think, no, what's the Jones from Jacksonville? Um, uh, Zay Jones. Oh, Zay Jones is from yeah, Jacksonville. Zay. There's two Jones from Jacksonville. Yeah, and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, that's the guy, not Martin. Aguilar, Chase Claypool, Osborne, Slayton, Peoples-Jones. Uh, is he better off going with Landry? It's Well, here's the, here's the thing. So that whole Saints receiver core is incredibly banged up, yes. including Jarvis Landry. And since week one... It's not like Jarvis has been doing much anyway. He's been getting phased out. It's been Chris Olave, who's also injured. You know, so you have all that. Looking, they, if I had to pick just from that group, I'd go Zay Jones. He's been the most consistent as a number two to Christian Kirk. However, in my Tuesday video at AndyMC81 on Twitter, hashtag AskAndy, fantasy fo- or waiver wire meat on the bone, right? We we're looking at what's what to get. Alec Pierce is still owned in less than 30% of most redraft leagues for the Colts. And the reason, Dean, is you look at trends. You don't necessarily just look at the fantasy points overall. Look at how is he trending. Well, for Alec Pierce, what we're seeing is every single week, without fail so far, every single week, the targets have increased and the receiving yards have increased. What does that tell you? It means a veteran quarterback is getting more comfortable with his rookie wide receiver. So I would see if Alec Pierce is still on that waiver wire and uh, scoop him up instead. But if he's not, then, you know, I guess you go with Zay Jones. Well, so here's the injuries you were talking about. Look at Thomas and Olave. Uh, didn't practice yesterday. Uh, that's the scary thing. You're certainly watching it today, but it, it does bring up a good point. Uh, Keenan Allen could play on uh, Monday, uh, but you know when when guys are not practicing Wednesday and Thursday, then you get really concerned. Not just about if they're going to play, you know, but. Are they going to be effective enough to be a, a starter in your lineup, or are you wasting a roster spot? Just because a guy's in the lineup doesn't mean he's going to be – he might only be 60%. Absolutely. And the other tricky part is, like, with the Keenan Allen situation, that's Monday night. So if you guess wrong yeah. and yes. he's out or severely limited or gets injured in game, you're done. Yeah. You're, you're out a lot. You could do maybe a last-minute pivot to a Josh Palmer – but if know, I would rather, if he's there, exactly, DeAndre Carter, perhaps, but that's not exciting anybody. I would rather say plan your week, you know, around not having Keenan Allen there because he hasn't been there. Track, we still have a couple of days, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it starts turning upward nicely through Saturday or something. But uh, if, he, if this status remains the same, I wouldn't trust Keenan Allen because he hasn't been playing. Yeah, you know what you should do? Do the Josh, do the Ruxin and go and pick up Josh Palmer so nobody else can have him. Remember, like, Ruxin yeah. would take all the defenses in the league, so uh, you can yes. do that. Yes. <laughs> uh, Rob Gray says, ask Andy, Hawkinson on by, Disley or Everett? Was able to grab Eno off waivers. My running backs aren't good. Has to start one of Hunter Elliott. Rondé Moore is available. Uh, pick up and start over Kurt. Thanks, as always. Hashtag Ask Andy. So let's start with the um, uh, tight end situation. So, yeah, Hawkinson on by. Um, Disley is the epitome of touchdown or bust. As in, Dean, he'll get two catches, and if one of those catches is not a touchdown, that's it. You get nothing. You get nothing. You get like three points. That's too risky. Everett has at least been, especially, and we talk again with uh, the, the surrounding pieces, right? So, Everett, I feel, is somebody who has been. Like the tight end spot is such a hole outside of 
uh, Kelsey and Andrews and yeah. even Waller's been banged up, that really you have to say, okay, what, what tight end, like you look at it, what tight end is at least a part of the offense? So you look at the Chargers again, Monday, and let's look at what the, I just want to look at his, um, yeah, the targets that, uh, that we were seeing. So pretty consistent. He had an outlier of 10, a bottom one of three, averaging five to six. So that's, you know, that five to six targets. That's okay, couple touchdowns. Everett has been a part of the offense. That's what you want to see, getting more than a couple targets, and the yardage has been okay. So I think you go with Everett. I mean, when you look at the tight end projections for this week, there's a massive drop-off after Mark Andrews. Oh, uh, Kelsey, man. 14, Mark Andrews, 13 and a half. Then nobody else is projected to get over 10. So, it, you know... Oh. Listen, if you can get 10 points out of your tight end this weekend, you're, you're going to be happy because not there's only two guys projected to get it. Hayden Hurst. Uh, I, think he had a, I think he was a little nicked up, but I think he should play. Oh, Hayden okay. Hurst, especially if T. Higgins doesn't play for the Bengals. Couple, last couple weeks, he's popped a little bit. Now, that could go away instantly. You have three fantastic wide receivers in Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, and then Hurst is that other guy. But we have seen it. So if you are in a desperation play and, and you got a guy on by or injured or whatever, you could go worse than Hayden Hurst. I, I would still have like an Everett above him, but if you're looking to stream somebody or in a pinch, Hurst has at least popped a little bit over the last couple of weeks. You know, what's interesting about this tight end list here is when I throw up the uh, top projections for quarterbacks, you look at, you look Casey, Baltimore, Philly, Arizona, the Rams, and then you look at the quarterbacks. KC, Baltimore, Philly, Arizona, only the Rams aren't there. Josh Allen is the one yeah. guy that doesn't have a tight end this year, but all these quarterbacks on this list, four out of the five, have a top tight end. And it's strange because tight ends are really inconsistent, but it is weird how the projections are going with tight ends and you know the quarterback that is going to get the big projections usually has a tight end, at least this week. Yeah, well, and, and Dallas Goddard, I know his projection is under 10, but overall, he's been he's been solid. And it's a another case of where's the workload going to go in Philadelphia, undefeated Eagles, mm-hmm. with Jalen Hurts, who runs, you know, a couple games without a passing touchdown, but he's, he's still throwing the ball. You're still getting those fantasy points, just not getting those va- more valuable touchdowns. But you have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, and Jalen Hurts likes to run. And you can hand it off to those running backs. That's right. But Dallas Goddard isn't isn't the worst play either because he has been involved in that offense and does have a comfort level with the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts, like you said, likes to run. And a lot of times when you're scrambling, you're looking for the biggest target. And that's going to yeah. be uh, the tight Move end. the chains. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's bye weeks. This is when I think fantasy really starts because – it's like after Labor Day in the CFL because now yeah, yeah. depth comes into it. And we'll see, do you have your quarterback? Do you have an extra running back? Do you have those guys? This is what separates uh, fantasy, in my opinion. The the stretch here, you know, uh, you, you can start off 6-0 and and then fall apart during bye weeks because you don't have depth. That's right. You could be the fantasy version of the Arizona Cardinals yeah. team, right, <laughs> every right. year. Except the Arizona Cardinals forgot to get good at the start of the season. They That's just right. started bad. They started in their November form. And forgot to get good. So this week, Lions, Titans, Raiders, Texans, off. Even like the Texans, Damian Pierce has been popping. That's right. You don't have Pierce. The Raiders, Devontae Adams. Adams. Oh, Josh Josh Jacobs Jacobs. off too, yeah. Yeah, uh, Darren Waller even, even though he's been banged up. Titans, of course, Derrick Henry. And the Lions have been surprisingly (laughs) 
fantasy superstars. Yeah. No Amandra St. Brown, no DeAndre Swift, no Jamal Williams who stepped up, no TJ Hawkinson. You know, there's a lot of pieces missing. Indeed. Be an interesting one. Uh, you'll have Ultimate Fantasy Football 11 a.m. on Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday, and everybody can make sure, especially with those bye weeks, that they know who is in and who is out, and they can join you right here on Twitch. There you go, brother. That's it. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week of games. I'm just looking at, like, Bill's Chiefs, yeah. 425 Eastern Prime. Oh, rematch of that playoff classic. Let Eagles-Cowboys. Divide Cooper Rush, can he stay undefeated with Dak Prescott knocking on the door? Still that grip issue with the thumb mm-hmm. against the Eagles. And, you know, Broncos, Chargers, interdivision game. Uh, I'm interested in this one, not necessarily from the what we are hoping would have been a shootout factor at the start of the season, but how Russell Wilson responds after getting that shoulder procedure and right. just really having one of the worst games of his career. So it's yeah, going to be a totally. great week. Indeed, indeed, man. Uh, we'll catch up with you Sunday morning. We'll be watching right here on Twitch. Thanks, my man. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. You bet. There's Andy McNamara. Ask Andy. Use that hashtag on social media. He will find you. And Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, he will be right here on Twitch to answer your fantasy questions. All right. Uh, we have our next guest joining us. Give me 30 seconds. I'll set up Mike Amato from uh, Fa- uh, Sportsnet. Uh, Dauber Hockey, Goalie Post will get you set up for this weekend and take a look at what's been happening this week as the NHL gets underway. We're back in a second. much for sticking around it is 5:23 in the east uh, 2:23 or 3:23 in the mountain time zone just outside of edmonton where last night um the greatest player in the game right now put on a show as the oilers came back from a three nothing deficit against the canucks uh, sparked by the captain Connor mcdavid's hat trick uh just an outstanding night uh that he had in fantasy performance and what a great opener uh, for the Oilers. As we bring in uh, Michael Amato, you can uh, read his stuff at uh, Sportsnet, at Goalie Post. Uh, he's also uh, helping us out. We're going to give away a Dauber Hockey Fantasy Guide today on the show, so you'll want to be uh, uh, paying attention to what we're talking about. But what a start loss. Let's, let's start with McDavid. I mean, I don't know if the game was over by the time we exchanged notes and he had gone to, to, to new heights, but he, he just really, like the Oilers... 
they didn't have a great start, but this is the Oilers, and this is what every other team has now realizing that no lead is safe with this team. Uh, and and they, they're showing it off on game one with a hat trick from their captain. Yeah, well, there there was talk, and I think you mentioned it last week, that uh, McDavid wanted to score more this year, and he uh, certainly didn't waste any time. Uh, it's I, I guess you're never really out of a game when you have Connor McDavid on your team. Uh, that was pretty spectacular. So, yeah, hat trick first night, and uh, what a way to sort of kick off the new season. Oh, my God. It was uh, – like, listen, the entertainment value last night between the all-Canadian matchups, that Leafs-Canadian game was good back and forth. Same with the, the, the Canucks and Oilers. Um, I haven't found – very many games that I'm like, well, this is a boring game. I'm going to switch the channel this year. Uh, you know, from going back to last Friday, we only had one game, uh, the, the games in Europe. But starting on Tuesday with the two games, it's been an exciting start for the NHL. I don't think they could ask for a much better start than their marquee player getting a hat trick. The Rangers, an up-and-coming team with a great victory. I mean, it was a good first couple of nights in North America, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I, I really enjoyed some of the late games too, like uh, LA Vegas uh, had a really good game uh, that first night there. And uh, even Seattle Anaheim, that was a, that was a wild one last night. Um, a big comeback by the Ducks, lots of, lots of crazy goals in that game too. So yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, that, uh, you know, uh, listen, I think the Anaheim Ducks, uh, I'm not sure they're going to be a playoff team, but they are certainly going to be a fun fantasy team, and they're, they are going to provide a ton of fantasy options. Uh, this is uh, quickly, there's a couple of baseball notes on here, so don't worry about it, but you mentioned John Gibson and the Ducks, or you mentioned the Ducks. John Gibson makes 44 saves and the victory, and he picks up an assist. I mean, <laughs> that's just bonus points in your league. Uh, like I said, you might not get a lot of wins from guys like John Gibson uh, or even Thatcher Demko, but you are obviously going to get the save bonuses yeah i think a lot of people um were kind of writing gibson off um including myself so it's obviously a good good start for him there um, i know he's had some lower numbers uh in the past few years but yeah it's definitely a good start for him um obviously like you like you mentioned i don't think the ducks are, are going to get too many wins but i think they're probably going to score a lot and uh, be fun to watch so uh yeah when you when you're on the right side of it with uh, with mm-hmm. gibson it's really good yeah, and uh, John Klingberg, a couple assists last night. Like, they definitely have some offensive pieces there as well. Might be at the expense of their goaltending, which could be the opposite of, of what is going on in Vegas, as as you pointed out. And and perfect prediction, by the way, because that third period in Vegas the other night, or in L.A., was, was pretty good. But let's talk about this weekend coming up, first of all, and then we'll go back and look at some of the more cool things that happened. And we always want to provide some goalies for people to... It's like rent a goalie on the weekend, right? Like, because you're looking at matchups, you might want to stream a guy, grab a guy on waivers... Here are, I think, some really good options for a couple of games for people to pay attention to. Why don't you start with Brian Elliott and Tampa? Yep, so Tampa has a, a back-to-back uh, this weekend. I think yeah, Friday, Columbus, and uh, Saturday, Pittsburgh. So I'm assuming um, he's going to get one of those starts. He played really, really well last year. Tampa is obviously a really strong team in front of him. And, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier, they're coming off a, a tough loss. I think they're going to want to be pretty motivated. So I think he's a good option if you're... Um, you know, if you're behind in your matchup or, or even this week's somewhat of a short week, you might need to hit your minimum start. So you might have to grab somebody. Um, I think he's a good play there. And uh, yeah, I think obviously uh, one of the San, o- San Jose guys, you know, Reimer, Kakinen, um, they'll be playing Chicago on Saturday. It'll be Chicago's third game in uh, four nights, I believe. Obviously not a strong team. 
And I think before before we came on here, I, I, I heard Reimer is starting tomorrow. So I have a feeling mm. it's going to be Kakinen on Saturday, but obviously not not confirmed yet. Um, but keep an eye on that. So yeah, if it's Kakinen against uh, Chicago with the, the Blackhawks third game in four nights, I think that's that's a good pickup if you need a win or a quality start. Because yeah, and remember, there's no no games on Sunday this week. So if you're in a head-to-head, you probably you got to do all your fine-tuning on on Saturday. That's a really good point and really rare. Like, um, I don't know uh, if a lot of people know about that. That is an extremely good point yeah. uh, because when you go to pick up a goalie on Sunday and there's no games, you've lost your matchup already. So that's an excellent point uh, by you. Uh, the Brian Elliott situation is really interesting for me. I went and I looked at the game by games uh, and he started more front half back-to-backs as the season went on in Tampa and they used Vasilevsky in the second half. In the first half, he was starting the second half of the back-to-back game. So maybe that's what happens here. I I think Brian Elliott is an interesting guy to have on your, your stream watch because the Tampa Bay Lightning have played so much hockey. I have to think Elliott might get him more games than he has in the past with El- uh, Vasilevsky getting their rest. And I think he played 19 games last year. So you might get a few more games out of Brian Elliott this year than last year. Yeah, it only makes sense. Like, I, I don't know why why Tampa would overwork Vasilevsky. Um, I think they've proven, you know, they're, they're just a strong playoff team. Like, they don't mm-hmm. necessarily need to win the President's Trophy or, or win the division as long as they get in they'll be fine. So if I'm Tampa, I'm probably giving Vasilevsky a few more nights off this year. And yeah, playing Elliot a little bit more, which is great if, if you're looking to stream someone. Yeah, totally. Uh, or, you know, if it, if, it, if he's going well and you wanted to stash a backup if you have room, but I'm not, I'm not crazy uh, about doing that. I'd, I'd rather use the uh, versatility on some forwards. And, and yeah, you said, you mentioned it, the Hawks, you know, he, they don't even need to be in three and four nights to be the free spot on the bingo card this year. It's going to be a contest between them and and Arizona uh, to see, you know, who is going to be the easiest, the backup night. Like, listen, I did the pre and post game show for the Oilers. A lot of times the Oilers uh, during those years saw a lot of backup goalies. So it's, it's an important thing to know, like who is playing Chicago tonight? Who is playing Arizona tonight? It's not going to work every night because they do win some games, but knowing those free spot on the bingo cards is so important for streaming goalies. Yeah, it's critical. And there's actually, there's quite a few teams this year. I think that are um, just given, you know, the, the Connor McDard, uh, sorry, uh, Connor Bedard uh, carrot hanging out in front of a lot of teams. I think there's going to be a few more teams in that mix too, whether it's, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers, I think are <laughs> another one that might really struggle this year. Um, I know a lot of people were asking me today if they should grab uh, Mackenzie Blackwood for tonight because the, the Devils are playing the Flyers and they right. think uh, he might be a good ad. So yeah, like you said, I think those types of teams are, are good to keep an eye on when uh, there's a goalie starting against them that's uh, on the waiver wire. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, if anybody does have any questions, uh, we are, of course, live on Twitch. You can just drop them in the uh, message board uh, and we'll throw them out at, at Michael or uh, you can obviously reach him uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, we'll throw up uh, your uh, Twitter account there uh, at Amato underscore Mike. Uh, so if anybody does have any fantasy questions uh, for Mike, they can throw them in the Twitch chat or throw them out on Twitter, and we will uh, get to them. Okay, so the defending champs last night also in action, and they did not disappoint. Miko Rantanen especially with four helpers. Uh, Val Nichushkin, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr combined for six points and 15 shots. 
there are some teams, and I, I used to look at the Kansas City Chiefs this way in football, that start any chief. D- is that what we're looking at with the Colorado Avalanche almost? Like, I'm not sure if you want to start the fourth liners or the, the third pairing defense, but certainly maybe the top six, top nine, and top four blue liners, they all seem to get points. And Maybe in Colorado you do want to start all their blue liners because they're so good, but are, 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 are most Colorado Avalanche must-starts at this point? I think they're definitely the team with, with the most amount of players you could roster or start. Um, and I think what's, what's interesting right now is um, there's, there's no Gabriel Landeskog. So there's obviously a spot there in the top six. Um, you know, Nachushkin is taking advantage of it. Lekkanen, um, Evan Rodriguez is up. Uh, I think Newhook's the other player that's in the top six right now. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see when Landeskog comes back, who drops down. Um, but, yeah, I think all those guys – um, that you mentioned earlier, obviously, guys, you're gonna you're gonna own, gonna roster, and gonna start. But yeah, pretty much anybody that's piggybacking off them um, is gonna be great to play. And the Avalanche, yeah, like like you said, they're three lines uh, deep. They're, they're, you know, both power play options are are pretty effective. So there's a lot to choose from there for sure. Yeah, the one thing I guess that's gonna be interesting to watch is uh, you know is Alex Newhook a capable replacement for Nazem Kadri or you know are they going to have to look at some some other options uh, as they go or or whoever so that that's really and, and I think goaltending is a bit of a, a question mark but like the Oilers uh, they should be able to outscore uh, their mistakes on on most nights. Uh, Martin Nekash had a pretty good night as well. A goal, two assists, and he had the primary assist on uh, the game-winning goal. Not sure if there's bonuses uh, for anything like that in any kind of strange leagues, but he was in on the final three goals of the Hurricanes. That's the thing that I really like because that tells me Rod the Bod Brindamore is like, get out there, get out there. He sees a guy that's going hot, and he wants to get him in on the action. So when a guy is in on a lot lot of the goals I get even more uh, excited than than you know even a hat trick or, or something like that just because this guy is showing his versatility and the Canes are showing that they really want him to be a part of their offense yeah and, and it's it's really encouraging if you're hoping for a, a nature's uh, bounce back season he, I think he was one of the more disappointing players last year in fantasy I think a lot of people were anticipating a, a breakout season for him and he kind of kind of went the other direction but He's a pretty important player for them now with, uh, with Trocek gone. I, I think, like, obviously they have uh, Kakenyemi centering that second line, and uh, Sveshikov is there too. So, like, if, if Natchez doesn't really go, it, it's, it's going to be really tough because Kakenyemi's not a real offensive threat. Um, so to really get Sveshikov going, I think a lot of people are hoping for a, a you know, 30-goal or 40-goal season from him, maybe a 70-point season with him. And I don't think he gets anywhere close to that without Natchez playing really well. So... Yeah, definitely. If you bank on him to bounce back, uh, it's an encouraging start for sure. You know, the the Carolina Hurricanes have done a lot of things really well. I wonder if they want like a mulligan on the Kotke and Emmy. Yeah, that's and you could sort of tell when they signed uh, Paul Stassi in the offseason that they're not quite 100% yeah. sure on Kotke and Emmy. But yeah, I could definitely, definitely see them regretting that. Um, well, you know, second line center is pretty important because they're pretty – they're pretty stocked everywhere else. And it, it's just that one second line center role. If he can't fill it, they might have some problems. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully uh, he can do it. But yeah, he hasn't really been a huge offensive mm-hmm. player in his career. So I think he's to play that high up in the lineup, he'll probably have to change that. 
Yeah, and hopefully he can. Uh, it just hasn't happened yet, and it's going to be more expensive than he probably should be at, at this point in his, his career. Uh, well, last night uh, something happened, and the band is back together for the Boston Bruins. <laughs> like uh, this, you know, and, and like you think of the guys that they're missing too, right, from this team, but Bergeron, Krejci, Pasternak, eight points for the Bruins last night. Um, we're going to get into something else uh, with the Bruins and the, and the goaltending uh, end of things. But uh, this, you know, a lot of people are looking at the Bruins as possibly missing the playoffs because of the coaching change and the injuries. And I'm, obviously they're not going to get eight points every night, but they do have the veteran guys, I think, that will be able to weather the storm. Yeah, like every year it seems like uh, a lot of people think they're they're starting to get old and, and they're over the hill and they just keep rolling. They're such pros and and really looked like getting David Krejci back was a breath of fresh air for them. It's, it looked like a piece that they really missed in the top six. And his game, even though he's he's getting older, like his game just looks like it's going to age so well. Like he, he, it seems like he could play forever. You know, he doesn't really rely on a lot of speed. He's just so savvy with the puck. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he just he just made that whole group go and they looked they looked really good last night. So the, the, the interesting thing is the goaltending decision. And, and I had Jeremy Swayman as a guy that I thought was going to be a real uh, revelation this year. And one game doesn't mean anything, but he didn't start last night. Allmark did. Uh, pretty good. 33 saves, six of them on a power play in a, in a 5-2 win. Do we read anything into this? Do we have to wait, you know, 15, 20 games before we can figure out what the Bruins might do in goal? Yeah, and I think most most people um, were thinking about it the way you were because when I checked today, um, I think Swayman was uh, 90% rostered in Yahoo and Allmark was was 57. So I, I actually do think it means something. I don't I don't think it means um, necessarily a bad thing for Swayman. I just I just think it means they're probably a lot closer together than a lot of people think. Like the gap between them is probably closer. I think they're probably going to play closer to a 50-50 split. Um, mm. So yeah, if you need goaltending help. Um, Allmark's probably available in almost half the leagues out there. Um, and it looks like, yeah, he's going to get a lot of starts. He played well. So it uh, looks like the Bruins are strong. Uh, that's a guy I, I would be grabbing. But, yeah, if you have Swayman, it's probably a mild concern. If you were banking on maybe 60% of the starts from him, you're going to probably lose a few starts. But, you know, like you said, it's one game. Things can change. But, uh, yeah, definitely encouraging if you uh, took a chance on Allmark. Yeah, and and especially with a short short week with no games on Sunday, you you know you could be yeah. really out of luck, and then you're looking for a streamer. Uh, by the way, for baseball fans, Jordan Alvarez has hit another home run, a two run shot for the Astros. They lead three two in the sixth inning, uh, so that one getting very interesting. And uh, the the race for the Calder Trophy, I, I think there's it's an excellent race. Like I know I know we seem to say this a lot, but the crop of good young players is so fun, and we have a superstar in Connor McDavid and a superstar goal scorer in Austin Matthews like this is just a fun time to be in the NHL and watching it and last night two guys in the same game uh, Matty Beneers of the Kraken the first of what we think will be many and Mason McTavish who I was gonna say played his first game but he played everywhere last year including nine games with the Ducks and these are just two of the candidates a lot of people have but this Seattle team, we talked about them being defensively buttoned down. They give up five in, in the first game, maybe some jitters, but definitely some good contenders for the Calder race on display last night. Definitely. Yeah, I think Veneers is up to 11 points in, in 11 career games going back to last year. 
Um, yeah, so I think he'll be definitely a contender for the call there. Uh, McTavish was nice to see the Ducks um, playing him higher up in the lineup on the wing. I thought they might play him at center, maybe on the third line or something, just to ease him in. But no, it looks like he's going to be playing up higher in the lineup. So that's really good if you're if you're rostering uh, McTavish. But yeah, those two guys could could easily compete. Um, I picked Marco Rossi to win the Calder before the, the season started. He had a really strong preseason, but yeah, it could be easily be either of these two guys too. There's a, there's a lot of young young talent this year for sure. Yeah, I actually I forgot Beniers played ten games last year. I totally forgot that. I thought right it was at the end. Yeah, yeah, just McTavish when he when he left uh, Michigan and nine points in ten games. I mean, uh, that's that's a pretty impressive haul. He has a goal and an assist uh, last night. Um, I mean. I I think Seattle, and we've talked about this, is going to be much better. I don't think either of these teams make the playoffs, but I think they do provide really good individual fantasy options. Yeah, I do as well. I think both teams, or I I think you're bang on with Seattle. I think Seattle will be a lot better. Um, I think both teams will be fun to watch. I think, like last night, they'll be playing a lot of of 5-4 games. They'll probably lose a bunch of them, but... Yeah, it's great for fantasy. Um, unless you're you have one of their goalies, you're not too concerned as long as the the skaters are scoring points. Exactly. Um, okay, so uh, we talked about McDavid, what he did. Uh, the Oilers' special teams were excellent uh, last night. The Canucks' special teams l- last year weren't very good, and so that was the difference in the game. Um, and, and McDavid had a, had a pretty good week uh, in one night. I think you said that about Mika Zibanejad earlier on Twitter this week as well. Uh, like the, the, he had a he had a week that a lot of guys could dream of in one night, kind of like McDavid last night. You know that. That's the kind of week that, you know, allows you to put your feet up and relax the rest of the week almost if you're at fantasy, eh? Yeah, I think like, I think it was nine shots he had, you know, <laughs> two goals. Uh, I think nine face-off wins if you're in a league that counts face-offs. He's pretty versatile. Like, I think he was, uh, I think he was, an, uh, had an ADP in the third round. So a third round pick on average that he's probably going to outperform that um, for sure. So yeah, he's, he's great for multi-cat leagues. He's actually decent for hits too, like. Not great, but he's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he's he's such a great talent. Plays in every situation. He played. I think he played like yeah. uh, two forty four of shorthanded time the other night too. And you know, in in one of our leagues, that's a th- that's a stat that I love because not only do you know the superstars get to do that, and you know the the number one defenseman, but the number three and the number four defensemen are able to up their value a little bit in fantasy by playing key minutes because we know those guys are important. I mean, the guy I always look at is Jake uh, or Jay Bomey didn't put up a massive amount of points but played such an important role for all those teams Jacob Slavin uh, the same thing although the offense is coming so it's an interesting category to to have out there to try and increase the bet uh, the uh the production from some other guys yeah and a lot of times it's 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 I kind of put in the category of shutouts where like one one shorthanded point or one shutout can really win the category for the whole week and yeah mm-hmm. I think you mentioned some guys uh that fit into that bill. And I think just, it's important to know too, just guys that play a lot in general, right? When you have categories like volume categories, whether it's blocks and hits um, guys that play more, just have more opportunities to pick up those, those kind of stats. So yeah, ice time is a pretty underrated thing to look at. 
I, I love it. I, you know, when we would do our, uh, you know, game notes after games when I was at Global, I would always try to include ice times of players because I think it tells you who, well, it does tell you who the coach values uh, on in those situations. Uh, and speaking of coaches and who they value, you pointed it out brilliantly about Bruce Cassidy and Vegas and the defensive system. And man, did it ever stand out on opening night? They only gave up seven shots in the third period. They only gave up seven in the first as well, but locking it down in the third period is something we probably should expect from Vegas. It might come at the expense of some points, although Eichel, Stone, Kessel, uh, they look pretty good in game one, but buttoning down defense is probably something that we should see a lot more, as you pointed out, and it worked perfectly for them on night one. Yeah, Cassidy's a, a really good defensive coach, and yeah, it's, it's showing up right away, um, and I think that's what gave them confidence to, to kind of go into the season with uh, with Hill and Thompson there, at least to start, and uh, yeah, they looked they look pretty strong defensively. Um, you know, Eichel and, and Stone looked really healthy for the first time in a while. I think they were mm. they're moving around pretty good. And I think Vegas is getting uh, Nick Hague back tonight for his first game after oh, signed his wow. deal. So another another defenseman to add in there. And yeah, it should. Uh, yeah, you might see a little bit of a different different style in, in Vegas this year. Maybe a little bit more uh, defensively focused. But yeah, I'm sure uh, if it helps them get wins and get back to the playoffs, yeah, that's what their main focus is going to be. So yeah, I think Cassidy. Um, is you're probably going to see a lot more of that style, especially in third periods. For sure. And, you know, Phil Kessel slides into that top line right now, um, you know, for, for at different times. A guy that can play line one to line three. Uh, you mentioned Nick Hague uh, is going to improve their, their power play, their second power play unit. I mean, Vegas, the, the, the writing off of Vegas, I think, is a little bit premature. I'm not saying it's not... Uh, you know, they're, they're as good as they have been in the past. There's been some moves, but they still have an incredible amount of talent. Health is going to be the thing for them because they don't have the depth. That is going to be the thing that holds Vegas back, in my opinion, is health. Definitely, yeah. They're obviously one of those teams that's tight to the cap, and, and any team um, that is in that situation, you're going to be pretty top-heavy, and you're going to rely on those main guys. And, yeah, if they do get a... Uh, you know, a stone injury or an ankle injury, it's, it's going to be tricky to overcome, but uh, yeah, right now um, I, I think they're, they're looking pretty strong after, after one game. They, they look like they're definitely playing with more of a purpose and more of a, a team concept. I think this year. I think Eichel can get 50. I, I really do. And I can't wait to watch Vegas Oilers to see Eichel McDavid more often this year because, you know, nobody's as fast as Connor McDavid, but Jack Eichel is pretty good. He's a pretty good skater, and he's got a wicked release. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, finally, I'll just throw, here's my projections uh, for the top goalies this year. Uh, I took uh, Sorokin of the Islanders out and I'm trying to think of uh, the other guy from the top 10. Oh, Bobrovsky, I took out. I moved Jack Campbell in because I think the win volume he's going to get. Um, but usual names, uh, Thatcher Demko, another guy that's going to play a lot. Um, Vasilevsky, I think the games come down as we talked about. Uh, but what do you about, think about this list? Anybody glaring that is missing off of this list from last year or, or going into this year? Uh, no, it's pretty good. I, I again, a, a lot of these guys are so close. Um, I personally probably would have included Sorokin, but I know a lot of people mm. don't have him in their their top ten as well. I just think um, I think the Isles are probably going to be uh, a lot better this year, and I think Sorokin, even though the Isles had a, a really bad season last year, his numbers still improved from year one to year two. So 
that's the only one I would say. But yeah, all these all these goalies are, are, are sort of must owns goalie ones on on any fantasy team. Um, yeah, I see Saros there. I really like him. I, I actually think he could narrow the gap sort of. On, I know we talk about the big two all the time, Vasilevsky and Shesterkin, but I think he could sort of work his way into the conversation. He's he plays a ton, and his numbers never go down. So yeah, he's really impressive guy as well. And, and, you know, Freddie Anderson, um, you know, people forget because he wasn't around for the playoffs, but he had a terrific year last year. So uh, I, I think the goaltending, oh, yeah. like I, I said, the, the NHL is so fun to watch right now with the creativity and the speed. Um, you know, if we could get a little bit less of the, the dragging and the star, dragging down of star players, it'd be awesome. But beggars can't be choosers. Uh, it's the first start, and we're off to a good one. So enjoy the weekend, the first weekend in hockey, Saturday night. Uh, as we mentioned, look for those goalie matchups. Who's playing Chicago? Who's got the back-to-backs? Pick up your streamers and make sure you're following uh, Mike on uh, Twitter. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Dean. Take care. You betcha. As always, it is uh, fun to chat with uh, Mike Lamato. You can find him on Twitter at Mike underscore or at Amato underscore Mike. Uh, you can check him out at Sportsnet Fantasy Hockey, covering it for Sportsnet at Goalie Post. And there we have the uh, team preview of the Vancouver Canucks. So if you want to get your hands on a Dauber Hockey Fantasy Guide, here is the question or the answer to the question you have to drop into the chat on Twitch. How many points did Bergeron, Krejci, and Pasternak combine for last night? If you know that answer, drop it in the Twitch message board. And Andrea Karandek will get this amazing fantasy guide to you. It really is awesome. Uh, So we've got uh, about 10 minutes left in the show. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get to a few house cleaning things. But if you have the answer to our question, you will win a Dauber Hockey Fantasy Guide. How many points did Bergeron, Krejci, and Pasternak combine for last night in the Bruins' victory over the Capitals? All right, final break on this Thursday edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We are back to wrap up the show in just a second.
Alrighty, it is eight minutes before five o'clock, or six o'clock rather, uh, Eastern Time. Uh, eight minutes before four o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, where I am located. My name is Dean Millard. It is uh, awesome to have you along for the ride today. We heard from Andy McNamara. Ask Andy. Use that hashtag on social media. He will find you and answer your questions, just like Liam Neeson and Taken, but in a much nicer way. Also, Michael Amato uh, just joined us from fan, uh, Sportsnet, Dauber Hockey, and Goalie Post. Great rundown of what's been happening so far, what you can expect to continue in fantasy hockey, who you should be grabbing for this weekend's matchups. All that information from Andy and Michael today. Great conversations, helping you win your league and make them better. We also have a Dauber Hockey Fantasy Guide to give away. All you have to do to win that is tell us how many points Krejci, Bergeron, and David Pasternak combined for last night in the Bruins-Capitals game. We told you that answer when we were chatting. We actually showed you that answer in a graphic. Uh, or you could go find it on the game sheet. Drop it in the Twitch message chat. You can get yourself a Dauber Hockey Fantasy Guide. Arnie won it last week, and it's awesome. Like, it is excellent it will definitely help you one of the better fantasy guides uh that i have found uh that are out there update on major league baseball the astros coming back on the mariners again and the guy who hit the home run in game one has hit another home run jordan alvarez hit a two-run shot in the sixth inning i believe it's now three two uh luis um garcia i think it was the or Golito, the uh, starter. Uh, Luis Castillo, sorry, he's out of the game uh, for the Mariners. Uh, Framber Valdez, I was telling you earlier, this guy is the quality start king. 25 straight games uh, in the regular season. He gave up three or less runs and went at least six innings. Wow, he only goes five and two innings, so it was almost automatic. He would have got the uh, one more out, one more out, and he would have had the complete, the uh, quality start. But he's done. Astros are onto their third reliever right now, so we'll... Uh, continue uh, to update you over the next few minutes about that one. Later tonight, Yankees trying to take a 2-0 series lead in the Bronx. Shane Bieber will try and stop that. Nestor Cortez, the lefty, 12-4 with a sub-250 ERA, will be on the hill tonight. Your starts and sits, sit most of these guys. It's probably not going to be a great game. Sorry, but it's not. Hopefully, it is better than last week. And some prop bets to tell you about. Uh, I'd take the under on Wentz. I'd take the under on Fields. I'd take the over on Fields rushing. Under on Cole Komet and Brian Robinson Jr. It's a good story. I'll take the over. But Andy McNamara, good point. Second start after getting shot. I might be on a snap count. Watch these guys when it comes to the injury situation heading into the weekend. T. Higgins didn't practice today. Aaron Rodgers didn't practice yesterday. Keenan Allen might play Monday. Only played one game this year as a hamstring. Michael Thomas didn't practice yesterday. Same with Chris Olave in New Orleans. The Saints receivers are massively banged up. And if you want to make a bet on any of the big games tonight or this weekend... 
head to BetUS. Bet responsibly. Check out my link in my Twitter bio, at DuckMillard, and boom, you get a 125% bonus. So head to DuckMillard on Twitter, click the link in my bio, get a 125% bonus, and put something down on the game tonight, or maybe... You want to throw something down on some hockey games uh, tonight because there are uh, some dandies tonight as well. Uh, The NHL, good point, really, really good point uh, by Michael Amato that there is no games on Sunday. So tonight you got the Coyotes and the Devils. Start Tristan Jari all the way. Devils, Flyers, Senators, Sabres, Panthers, Islanders, Capitals, Maple Leafs, Rangers Wild, Stars Preds, Avalanche Flames, Blackhawks Golden Knights, Kraken Kings. So even back-to-back night, start your Golden Knights against the Blackhawks. Start Logan Thompson tonight or if it's going to be Aiden Hill. Lots of games. Enjoy it. You will have lots of things to do if you decide not to watch Thursday Night Football especially if it's a terrible game. you got the Yankee game. Uh, this Astros game might be going on. The NHL starts in uh, an hour's time. So lots of great stuff on this Thursday night. Uh, we'll have Casual Friday tomorrow, some of the best interviews from this week, and breaking news going on in the world of sports. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Big thanks to Andy McNamara, uh, who joined us for Ask Andy. If you missed anything, check it out on YouTube. It'll be uploaded later today. And Michael Amato of Dauber Hockey Sportsnet and Goalie Post giving us the lowdown on what's happening in the NHL this weekend. Enjoy your Thursday evening. We are back with Casual Friday tomorrow. Have yourself a great and safe evening, and we will chat tomorrow. Thanks, now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.